Good morning, faithful listener. You are listening to the Bible Explained podcast, where the Bible gets explained. So grab your cup of coffee and stay tuned as we read through the book of Numbers. Happy Friday. Woo! It's the weekend almost, and I hope you guys have lots of fun things planned for this weekend. If you don't work on the weekends, and you know what? Tell me what you're going to do. Contact me at p40ministries.com slash contact, and just send me a little note saying what you're going to do this weekend, and also tell me hi, because I love getting to know you guys and uh, finding out where the listeners are from. Speaking of the listeners, I want to thank all the people that are continuing to tune into the Bible Explained podcast and to share it. And so I want to um, read just a quick review that I saw on Apple Podcasts recently. And this is from Cass1256. So the title is Helpful and Insightful. And I want to just thank Cass1256 for saying this review. It says, this podcast is a great help. Jen approaches the Bible in an easy and engaging conversation that promotes growth and a desire to learn more. Being a pastor at a church, it's helpful to know that I can point other women to this resource and know that they will have sound biblical teaching. So thank you so much. I appreciate that review. And I just love seeing all your reviews. I love hearing from you guys. So continue to share the Bible Explained podcast. It is very appreciated. And it helps other people find the podcast and hear more about the Bible because that is the point of all of this is just to get people in God's word listening to the Bible. So anyway, guys, let's go ahead and read Numbers chapter 10 verses 11 through 36. I'll be reading out of the W.E.B. as I always do. Please feel free to read out of the version that you prefer to read out of and also grab your cup of coffee or your cup of tea and let's jump right in. In the second year, in the second month, on the 20th day of the month, the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle of the covenant. The children of Israel went forward on their journeys out of the wilderness of Sinai, and the cloud stayed in the wilderness of Paran. They first went forward according to the commandment of Yahweh by Moses. First, the standard of the camp of the children of Judah went forward according to their armies. Nation, the son of Amminadab, was over his army. Nathanael, the son of Zuar, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Issachar. Eliab, the son of Helon, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Zebulun. The tabernacle was taken down, and the sons of Gershon and the sons of Merari, who bore the tabernacle, went forward. The standard of the camp of Reuben went forward according to their armies. Eliezer, the son of Shadur, was over his army. Shalemuel, the son of Zerishadai, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Simeon. Eliasaph, the son of Duol, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Gad. The Kohathites set forward, bearing the sanctuary. The others set up the tabernacle before they arrived. The standard of the camp of the children of Ephraim set forward according to their armies. Elishama, the son of Amihud, was over his army. Gamaliel, the son of Peduzer, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Manasseh. Abedin, the son of Gideonai, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Benjamin. The standard of the camp of the children of Dan, which was the rear guard of all the camps, set forward according to their armies. Ahizer, the son of Amishadai, was over his army. Pajil, the son of Okrin, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Asher. Ahira, the son of Enan, was over the army of the tribe of the children of Naphtali. 
Thus were the travels of the children of Israel according to their armies, and they went forward. Moses said to Hobab, the son of Raoul the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, We are journeying to the place of which Yahweh said, I will give it to you. Come with us and we will treat you well, for Yahweh has spoken good concerning Israel. He said to him, I will not go, but I will depart to my own land and to my relatives. Moses said, Don't leave us, please, because you know how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and you can be our eyes. It shall be, if you go with us, yes, it shall be, that whatever good Yahweh does to us, he will do the same to you. They set forward from the Mount of Yahweh three days' journey. The Ark of Yahweh's covenant went before them for three days' journey to seek out a resting place for them. The cloud of Yahweh was over them by day when they set forward from the camp. When the ark went forward, Moses said, Rise up, Yahweh, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. When it rested, he said, Return, Yahweh, to the ten thousands of the thousands of Israel. I'm telling you guys, every single time I have to read these names, I'm just like choking. <laughs> I, I just don't know how to pronounce these names. And I'm very, very sorry. I'm going to say this again to anybody who understands the, the grammar of this a little bit better than I do. I just want to apologize if I am saying these names so wrong when I talk about uh, Pajil, the son of Okrin. I have no clue if that's actually his name. It could be Pagiel or Pagil or anything else. <laughs> I have no clue. So I'm just pronouncing them the best I can and just hoping you guys uh, get the uh, gist of it. But anyway... This entire thing is talking about how the camps set out. And if you guys remember the episode I did a while back, um, you'll remember how the camps were actually supposed to encircle the tabernacle. So God was literally living in the center of his people. So let me get back to my little graph here that I made a couple weeks ago of the um, of how the, the camps were set up. So here's what it says. So Judah was supposed to be at the east of the tabernacle and Judah was actually the one that sets out first. So Judah goes first. The tribe of Judah had a very important role of moving forward first because they were the ones that were going to protect the, the first people that if tr trouble came their way, Judah would have to protect the rest of the tribes. Then Issachar set out and Zebulun set out as well, which were on two sides of Judah. And then Reuben set out. Reuben was supposed to be the tribe that was at the south side of the tabernacle. And uh, they were supposed to set out next is what I believe. Let me make sure I'm, I'm saying that correctly. Uh, no, I am sorry. So actually what set out after Judah was the tabernacle. So Judah went first, then the tabernacle frame that the Gershonites and the Merarites would have to carry. They set out right after the tribe of Judah. Then Reuben went behind them to protect them. And then also Simeon and Gad as well, which were camped on either side of Reuben, would set out next. Now, after they set out, the Kohathites were literally right in the middle of everybody. They set out next. And the Kohathites had an extremely important role of being the people that had to carry the temple furniture. So they carried the Ark of the Covenant, the altar, the table, all that stuff the Kohathites carried. And they were right in the middle of everybody. And that would have been the most protected spot of all of the different tribes was right in the middle because they had two tribes in front of them willing to fight if anybody tried to, to 
overtake them, and then they had two tribes in the back if anybody tried to overtake them. So yeah, the Kohathites were in a very good spot for making sure that temple furniture, which was literally the most important stuff in the camp, was protected because that was where God resided, was on top of that Ark of the Covenant. And where God resided was so important because God would live there in the middle of all of his people. And that's another interesting thing. Where God's stuff was, was always in the middle of the tribe as well. God was always residing in the middle of his people because he he was going to protect them all. <laughs> so that's kind of cool that that the Kohathites were literally still in the middle of everything, uh, carrying that temple furniture. So after that, Ephraim would move out, as well as Benjamin and Manasseh. And then Dan would move out with the tribes of Naphtali and Asher as well. So that was the the way that the tribes would move forward every single time God's presence left, that cloud would leave the tabernacle and that would tell the children of Israel that it was time to go. And when that cloud left, they would pack it all up and move out with the cloud until the cloud resided. And of course, the cloud was God's presence. And so God was telling his people where to go during all of this. Now, scripture kind of takes a break from the way the tribes moved and talks about this little story about Moses and Hobab, the son of Raul. And Raul was Moses's father-in-law. Moses absolutely loved Raul. We see that Moses and his father-in-law were extremely close, but it seems now that Moses and his brother-in-law were also very, very close. So Moses had very close ties with his wife's family and they all loved each other. So now this guy Hobab is introduced and this is Jethro's son, Raul's son. And by the way, Jethro and Raul are, it's debated, but most people believe it's the same person that Moses only had one father-in-law named either Jethro or or Raul. And we see that uh, all throughout scripture, people often have two names. <laughs> and uh, it's it's likely that Raul and Jethro were the same person because it always says the Midianite after his name. So I personally believe that Raul and Jethro were the same person and they were just Mo- Moses's father-in-law. So Hobab was Raul's son or Moses's brother-in-law. I hope I'm not getting too confusing with this. <laughs> anyway, Hobab and Moses were pretty close themselves is kind of what it seems like here because Moses really wanted Hobab to travel with them. And Moses actually starts begging Hobab to go with them. He says, we are journeying journeying to the place which Yahweh said I will give to you. So come with us and we will treat you well for Yahweh has spoken good concerning Israel. So come and be an Israelite. Don't be a Midianite anymore. Come and join Israel and be with us, Hobab, my brother-in-law. So Moses really wanted Hobab to come with them. And I don't know if they were friends. I don't know exactly what their relationship was other than being uh, brother-in-laws, but they cared about each other clearly. But Hobab was like, nah, I'm going to go home and see my relatives. I don't really want to travel with you guys. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to depart to my own land. You guys can go have a good time. And I'm going to go see my relatives. We don't know why Hobab did not want to go with Moses. Maybe he was just also very close with his family and his father's family and everything and just wanted to stay with them. But now Moses is pleading 
with Hobab to go with them. And he says, you know what? You are so good at being in the wilderness. You're like a wilderness man that we want you because of your skill in survival is kind of what it sounds like here. We want you to come with us and teach us how to encamp in the wilderness and you can be our eyes. So he's not just appealing to Hobab's like selfish side now, which is like, we're going to treat you well. And God has promised to bless Israel and you're going to share in that blessing. Now he's saying, come and help us have a purpose here in Israel. Don't just come to, you know, feed off of the blessings, but come and have a purpose. And now this speaks to Hobab. This is what Hobab wants to hear. And he ends up agreeing with Moses and going with him. I truly enjoy the fact that this is kind of how people operate. It's actually very clear that money is not as important to people as most people think. In fact, purpose is much more important to people. There was actually a study done. I was reading about this maybe like a year or so ago about um, (laughs) this study was done, how they brought like a bunch of people together and promised to pay them like minimum wage to just dig a bunch of holes all day and to refill the holes, literally a purposeless job. They just were doing a study on it to see what people would do. So the first day they said, you're gonna get minimum wage, but if you come tomorrow and do the same job, we're gonna double that minimum wage and you're gonna be making, I think at the time, like minimum wage was like seven bucks an hour. They're like, we're gonna have it doubled and you're gonna be making $14 an hour to do this job all day tomorrow. And they say that half of the people showed back up the next day. So of the half of the people that showed up the next day, the people that were conducting the study said to to the guys that showed up, they were like, okay, if you come tomorrow and do the same job, we're going to double your $14 and you're going to get paid $28 an hour to do the same job. And once again, only half of the remainder of those people showed up the next day. And it continued on like that for several days until literally no one showed up because the job was just so awful. Even though they were like making, I don't know, like 45, whatever dollars an hour that uh, they were paying them, literally no one showed up for the like sixth, fifth or sixth day after that because the job was absolutely purposeless. Even though they were making quite a bit of money at the end of all of it, the people still did not want to do the job because it was just literally purposeless. So that kind of just shows, like the argument of that study done was just showing that people crave a purpose. They want purpose, not necessarily money. And this is very true, apparently, with this Hobab guy. He wasn't as interested in the money portion of it or the riches portion or even the blessing, but he was very interested in the fact that he was going to have a purpose of teaching the people wilderness survival. And I find that cool because who doesn't want a purpose? So Hobab is pleased with that, the fact that he can make a difference and he ends up following Moses and agreeing to go with the Israelites to teach them this uh, wilderness survival stuff. And I mean, yeah, God gives us each a purpose and it's a good purpose purpose. The blessings in the end are awesome and they're nice and we love having blessings. But if we don't have a purpose in life, the blessings aren't going to matter as much. And that's why scripture 
talks a lot about fulfilling the purpose God has for you and just having just this sense of belonging, having the sense of making a difference and having a job that you enjoy, that you can help other people with. And God grants that to people who follow him. It's not just about the riches. It's not just about blessings. It's not a really about any of that. It's about the calling God places on you. So this Hobab had a gift. He had a gift of being a, a survivalist, I guess, is kind of what it sounds like to me. But now he's able to use that gift to fulfill a greater purpose. So yeah, we have to lean into the gifts God gives us to fulfill a greater purpose. And it doesn't matter what those gifts are, whether they're survival gifts like this Hobab guy or accounting gifts or art gifts. It doesn't matter what it is. We can use those gifts that God gives us to help other people to really fulfill our purpose. And it's interesting because from the time I was a little kid, God gave me the gift of just knowing how to do different kinds of art mediums. And I never leaned into those gifts. I don't know why. I would just was like, oh, they don't make any money. I'm not going to do them. And so I got into the stupidest careers that were literally opposite of the giftings God gave me. And I was so unfulfilled. I hated all of those jobs <laughs> because they weren't helping anybody. They weren't really focusing in on my, on my uh, talents. But now that I'm at P40 Ministries and I'm actually doing using the talents God gave me. And even at my church, I'm using some of the talents I have at the church as well. Now I finally feel fulfilled. And so I truly believe that the gifts God gives you, whatever those are, those are, those are what you can use to really be called into a, a purpose that God has for you. But anyway, it says here in verse 33 through 36 to conclude that they spent three days journeying Hobab went with them and the Ark of Yahweh's covenant went before them for three days journey to seek out a resting place. And the cloud of Yahweh's was over them by day when they set forward from the camp. And I love that because God's presence was covering them. It was moving with them. It was covering them from the harsh sun of the wilderness. And it says, when the Ark went forward, Moses gave this prayer. Rise up, Yahweh, and let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. And when the ark finally found its resting place, Moses would pray and say, Return, Yahweh, to the ten thousands of the thousands of Israel. And those were the two prayers Moses would pray whenever God's presence was lifted up and when God's presence set back down. Well, guys, I know how it can feel to feel like you don't have a purpose in life. I absolutely understand that feeling because I was doing that for years. And so if you are kind of there right now and you're not sure what your purpose is, first and foremost, I recommend just praying and asking God for more guidance, maybe leaning more into some of the gifts God has given you from childhood. And also go and look at Ken Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not sponsored by Ken Coleman in any way. I just really like his podcast and everything. And he is big. He's a Christian guy that works with uh, Dave Ramsey. And he's really big on helping people find the career that they were meant to do. I think one of his uh, mottos is do what you were created to do. And I love that. So yeah, check out Ken Coleman and also just do a lot of praying. 
to find out what your purpose is and what God truly is calling you to do with your life. But guys, I'm going to let you all go, and I hope that you have a wonderful weekend. Happy listening, and God bless. Thank you.